0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Five one double five one is our text number, and Joe at rt.ie. Uh, as you may know from listening to the one o'clock news, um, the uh, Father Martin Kelly, the provincial of the Congregation of the Holy Spirit, formerly the Holy Ghost Fathers, as you know, in Ireland, uh, gave a press conference. Well, it was a press conference with a group of past pupils of Blackrock College and Spirit and Congregation agreed to the establishment of an independent restorative justice programme and it was primarily about this independent restorative justice programme. Uh, the the person, uh, the independent person is named as Mr Tim Chapman um, and the idea is that restorative justice in my latter days in probation years ago was coming in and the idea was you would try and uh, if if the victim, if the victim was willing and you felt it would aid their understanding of the the process that the perpetrator uh, would be uh, allowed to meet the victim obviously under your supervision but it was the perpetrator meeting the victim the victim talking about what was going through the head at the moment that the crime the burglary or whatever uh, was committed and then the, the victim uh, asking questions and that was restorative justice um, obviously that's not that doesn't apply in this case because most of the assailants, uh, 73 out of the 77 assailants are dead. So um, it's not it's not restorative justice in the sense of you're meeting your, the, the person that abused you. Um, we're getting reaction to it uh, from uh, people who were victims. Um, um, one of them is Michael, who was a victim of uh, Father Tom O'Born in Blackrock College. Michael, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. What, what, what's your immediate... It's only happened at last hour. So what's your immediate reaction to uh, the establishment of an independent restorative justice programme? Well, I think there were, there were two, two points I'd like to make, Joe, on this. I listened to the news at one okay. and heard Martin Kelly um, speak to Brian Dobson. And it really, between that and the press release that was on the ORT website earlier, it really took away my last hopes that anything fruitful was going to come out of this, and, and I'll tell you why. Today, Martin Kelly was speaking about um, what had happened, and he mentioned the um, documentary on one and mentioned Mark and David. Mm-hmm. But the terribly sad thing was that he couldn't even remember David's name. I think he, he called he, him yeah. first Vincent, and then he called him Paul. But he had a two and a half hour meeting with this man. I'd listened uh, to yeah, it. Yeah, okay, well, that's, yeah, these things happen. What these commitment can he have to actually see this thing well, through uh, and be a proper person if he can't even remember the people? Yeah, well, you're 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 in a you're in an unusual atmosphere. It's organised by a PR company. It's all set up, and there's microphones, and somebody deciding who should speak and ask questions. So it is, it is, it is unusual. So so we if if with your permission. I won't go down that road, but what do you think okay. of what do you think, Michael, uh, of the restorative justice process? Had you ever heard of it before? I had heard of it, but I I, I don't think it's what's needed, um, and I think based on what was said, it's probably it looks as if it's going to be underfunded for what it is. It's an opportunity for people to tell their story, and I think we fall very much into the risk of falling into Stockholm syndrome here where people who were victims develop positive feelings towards their their abuser, and you're not really going to ask the questions or get the answers out that you need. This really does need to be a proper state inquiry that is looking at the issue and really Mm -hmm. has the teeth to properly investigate and not just tell stories. I've told my story several times. It's got me nowhere. And in my my mind, it's it's the definition of stupidity on my part if I continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different reaction, it, it just does not seem like it's going to work. So you have spoken at length to the spirits. And... Yes, many, many times. Yeah. And they say this process, which they're funding, by the way, um, will be... They are, but he said, he, would, he said Tim Chapman was going to be engaged and he would get one, maybe two people to do it. But with 233 cases at a bare minimum, 
that seems grossly underfunded. Okay, and he also mentioned that Mr Chapman is based in, in Northern Ireland. Neil Hogan, Joe at RT.ie. Neil, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Are you familiar with what's gone on up to and including the interview on the One O'Clock News with Brian? I am, yes. And what, what is your reaction? Well, unlike Michael, I, 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 I think that it's good. Okay. Um, I think the process is good. I, going back, I had never told my story to anybody. Okay. And so I found telling my story over the last week, both on your show and also to the police, um, unburdened me an awful lot. Okay. And I felt much better. And something that had been repressed and hidden had now come out into the open. So I felt much better about it. I think a restorative justice program would be would be good because I think mm. it would allow all of us ex-pupils to tell our story. A report will be done on a local school basis, which is what needs to be done. But as for a public inquiry, I don't agree with that. I think that's just, we. you know, mm-hmm. we had the Ryan report in 2009. It found... Abuse of this nature was endemic in Irish society, and I don't think well, industrial, another public industrial schools. I was looking at yeah, industrial schools, but yeah. but I think it was across the board. From what I remember, it was in other institutions as well, and I I, I mean that in my mind included schools, and so I think it, it'll just be money going down the road of finding the same, getting the same outcome, and I think a better report or a better study would be done into whether or not we have um, enacted the recommendations of the Ryan report or there was but a the, previous report. But the, restor- but the restorative justice programme will not come up with a, with fine. There's no, there's no talk of a, a final report. There's no talk of a written report. There's no talk of conclusions. There's no talk of recommendations. There's no talk of trying to find out was there a paedophile ring. There's no talk of trying to find out why brothers were moved. I think uh, Flood was in five of the six colleges in uh, under the the uh, spiritans control in, in Ireland. There's no there there be no conclusion on why young children who reported it, for example, to Aloysius Flood about another priest, Corrie, if I remember correctly, abusing them, they were told to get out of their, get out of his office immediately. So where, where, there'd, be no, there'd be no conclusions about it, no questions about a cover-up, uh, a paedophile ring, uh, 77 members is now admitted, 77, uh, the, the spirit, actually went up to 78 at lunchtime, but 78 uh, uh, spiritans, according to Martin Kelly, they've now accepted our uh, guilty of abuse. Now, most of them, 73 of them are dead. Uh, one of them is still, as Martin Kelly said, he's very, very old. Uh, one of the accused is still uh, living in the grounds of Blackrock uh, College um, until it's a new it's a new allegation. So that has to go through the natural course of justice. But a new allegation only made in the last uh, seven days or so, like, like your own one. Edward Harron. Edward, good afternoon. Good Edward. afternoon, Joe. Edward, How are you? Yeah, but, um, restorative justice, what do you think? You're another victim. Yeah, Joe, I I, I, I had seen Martin and um, sat down with him and um, Liam Lally and Tim and that and went through through this. And I was on the day and that, I found, you know, that, that they were. Yeah. They were apologetic, and you know, as men themselves. So I mean, the principal was the father himself, and he, you know, he he was horrified at the thought that anything could happen like that to his children. And uh, uh, Liam Lally, you know, offered me all the help that I wanted. Uh, however, I refused the rape crisis centre, so I, I stick with them on that. And uh, Martin Kelly again apologised and felt like that uh, Father Curry was a traitor. And had severely let me down. Um, I, with regards to his apology and that today, I know he was under pressure there. You know, like you say, there was a, a room full of news reporters oh. there, and that. so it's possible. That, you know, he's going to forget somebody's name. Um, however, I do think that that the, the man is genuine about his revulsion of what happened to us. That's not to say that it won't happen again in the future. So what do you, you think know? of this restorative justice programme now funding? Um, well, I, I, I think 
if pe- pe- people need to do what I did, which was sit down with them and talk to them and that they would, you know, offer any help mm-hmm. that they can and that, well, I think some people will find it supportive. Other people won't find it so supportive. Like somebody who asked me about the other day was a friend of mine and a neighbour of mine. His name was John. Mm-hmm. And he was two years ahead of me. Now that boy wouldn't go into school without his pyjamas on underneath his, his clothes. Mm-hmm. The amount of rows and fights that he had with his father, just the same as I did, the same thing. Why? Because he was, he wanted to... Because he was abused in Willow Park. He did everything he possibly could. Well, we had that that incredible statistic just from a Facebook group, group, that one year, uh, now not everyone will be involved, not everyone would volunteer this information on a, a public forum, but in one Facebook group covering one single year in Willow Park, which is a primary school, 21% yep. of the participants in the Facebook page, 21% said they were abused physically, sexually, or... Uh, there's no doubt. There, there's absolutely 21%. no doubt. 21%. Yeah, there's no doubt. My brother, I mean, I can t- tell you about other guys. My brother has witnessed and always told me he witnessed, you know, friends of his who were in my house regularly getting abused in the class. I was abused in the class in fr- front of everybody, and I know that there's witnesses to that. Uh, and we had 30 people in the class. Yeah. This was not something that they, you know, it was just, it was just part of the daily routine for them, for the priests, it seems, you know. So, with regard to whether it's going to help people or not, I think that counselling can help people. Yeah, I very course, much yeah. do. But I really, as the psychiatrists have always said to me, you've lived with this all your life and you're going to live with it until you die. I have felt some relief in the fact that I always felt that I was alone. What has helped me are the groups yeah, of course. lads that I have met and I've seen that they have had the same stories. The counselling also helps because I know the people in the rape crisis centre fully understand what I'm talking about. You know, you get by and you get through your day, but I've never been able to accept authority, ever. You know, so okay, I Mark, know that there's plenty more like that. Okay, Mark Vincent Healy, who was abused by Father Arthur Carraher, who was subsequently uh, moved to Canada. Now, Carraher was mentioned at the press conference today that I attended, and... Um, Father Martin Kelly, I'd love to get the exact transcript of it, but when you said Carragher was moved after very poor behaviour, I think we're forgetting all of these uh, incidents were crimes, were crimes in in our statute book, crimes against children, very serious crimes. It wasn't poor behaviour. They were horrific crimes. Mark Vincent Healy, what do you think of this proposal for uh, the, the, that the Spiritans are funding for a restorative justice mediator, so to speak? I sympathise with those who think that restorative justice is um, beneficial, where there is a therapeutic benefit to telling your story, to being uh, believed, to uh, discovering information and acknowledgement from the Spiritans. So that can be a process which, from a therapeutic point of view, can be very um, relieving and supportive and caring. But the thing is, that's not what we're dealing with here. We're not dealing with sort of like just a process that's going to um, be therapeutic. We're looking for one of accountability, which is a very different... Sorry about the clock going off. No, don't worry about that. What we're looking at is um, trying to have accountability, and the accountability is only going to come where we have a, an inquiry, and an inquiry is necessary. The apology that was issued today by the um, provincial lacked an awful lot of elements. One was, for example, uh, in comparison to that offered by the Jesuits this time last year, there's no acknowledgement that they will offer uh, unrestricted therapeutic support for anyone who comes forward. They do say that if, you're, if you want to tell your story, sure enough, mm-hmm. come forward to Liam Lally, but that's a different matter. The, the, the Jesuits make it clear that therapeutic support unrestricted and for a lifetime when they actually made it first. Okay. For your life, whatever but, you need. But, but you're calling for an inquiry, Mark, but what would an, Absolutely. But what would an, what would the questions be? The questions would have to be discovery of what was the collusion, concealment and cover-up of the congregation in all of this abuse. I mean, I've dealt with survivors who 
had been, let's say, abused at the last of a number of colleges for the transfer of a given perpetrator. And then when I told them that their abuse was wholly avoidable and that, in fact, the Spartans had known of this abuser so many years prior, and here he is, he came to your school, and you were put in harm's way, not just uh, by the perpetrator, obviously, but by the congregation who took no action to have protected you. They broke down at that point. They, they, they thought their burden had already been squarely placed on their shoulders, as heavy as that was. Mm-hmm. This was one that was almighty, that it just came down on them, they broke down. And I, I, I've known this, I've known that you have to deal with more in terms of just a therapeutic support program, which they omitted in that apology today. But we have to have accountability. And that's what an inquiry is about. It's not about just offering therapeutic support. Um, And from that perspective, an awful lot of people need to know that. And there are also other elements of it. Many might not be willing to come forward through an RJ process. Sorry, restorative justice. Restorative justice only offers a certain amount. And everything that goes into it is a vault. It means you get to talk nothing more about it. So there's no, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there's no report. There's no, you know, exercise to tell people what had actually happened and how this culture was allowed to persist. Because if we don't understand these sorts of cultures and the predation of children from the past, we're bound to make the same mistakes into the future. And that's another benefit of an inquiry. We're protecting our kids of the future from the experience, the awful experiences of our past. Um, and that must be noted. But he and was asked, but, be, but, hmm? but the, the prevention was asked, has any uh, parents in Blackrock or indeed any other spirit in school yeah. in the last nine days since all this broke, um, has any uh, parent asked for their child to be removed? And the answer was no. Categoric no. Yeah. Let's let's listen yeah. in fairness to the apology at the press conference this morning by Father Martin Kelly, Provincial of the Congregation of the Holy Spirit. I want to take this opportunity to say the following. On behalf of the on behalf of the Spirit in Congregation in Ireland, I want to express my deepest and most sincere sorrow to every person who was abused by a member of the Spiritans, or by a staff member in any of our schools. I sincerely apologize for this. What was done to you as innocent children was cruel and indefensible. And we Spiritans are ashamed of this. Secondly, Failure to act promptly resulted in children being abused who could have been protected had corrective action been taken earlier. I also acknowledge that failure on our part and I apologize for it. I want to encourage anybody who was abused at any time by a member of the Spiritans or by a lay staff member in any of our schools to come forward and contact us. But I want to go further. Any notion that those who suffered were weak in some way and or share some element of the blame for whatever happened to them is completely and utterly wrong. As leader of the Spiritans in Ireland, I want to banish any such idea and promise all victims that the full process we're announcing today wants to hear from you. This process is being led by an independent expert in the field, Mr. Tim Chapman. Tim has worked successfully on other such programs and with those involved in the pilot program which has just been completed. I would like to assure everyone that there are in place and have been for many years all the appropriate policies and procedures for safeguarding children in all spirit and schools to ensure as far as is humanly possible that such abuse will not happen again 
to children in our care. Uh, hearing that, Mark, Vincent Healy, what do you, what's your reaction? That is unacceptable that he's just talking about uh, the implementation of a, a, a restorative justice process, which is insufficient to the task and, and the requirements, as I said earlier, to meet with the needs of survivors. You also have the, the terrible part of this is restorative justice, as you pointed out in your introduction, is about meeting with your abuser and having an opportunity to put questions to your abuser like, why did you choose me? What was it about me? Did I have a sign on my back for you to attack me like that? Mm. They want questions directly from their abuser. They, they can never be answered in what is set up here as an ORJ process, which is only going to sort of like be between yourself and the spiritan. And the spiritan will only, let's say, relieve you of what may be, well, what questions do you have? When did he die, is it? How, where was he after what happened to me? Or will they admit under questioning by that survivor, can you tell me, was this person put in my path? Were they appointed elsewhere and you knew about them? Mm. And you still had him come to my school. And so I could have been spared if you had taken the right action. So in fact, whilst there's a criminal aspect to the abuse and abuser, there's that facilitation itself, which was a criminal act in itself. You feel a co-conspirator where you bring a, a, a paedophile and put that person in contact with and has opportunities to reach out and abuse further children. That's what the congregation have to answer. There's where an inquiry needs to be held. And the children and survivors of this abuse need to know what was the part, the systemic part of all of this. This didn't happen in isolation by just, the, you know, the, the mm -hmm. preference and the predilection of some predator. This is actually, in, it, was, it, was, it was incorporated within another area of criminality, and that was to cover up the crimes and to still expose um, children to further predation. That's what's got, an inquiry can only find okay. that out. My, you won't my, get that note, restorative justice. Sorry, Joe. Michael, having heard the um, apology in full there, what, what, what's your reaction? What's happening is you're putting the burden to ask the difficult questions on the people who are the most vulnerable rather than the people who are independent and representatives mm. who could ask the difficult questions to get the answers that are needed. I, I don't think this is going to work. It's, it's not going to be complete in terms of finding out how pervasive the problem was. And as you say, there are going to be no recommendations. There's going to be um, stories, which I, I understand does have yeah. therapeutic benefit for those involved but it is really not going to address the root of the problem. Correct. Okay, let me, let me bring in Philip Fettis. Philip is in Brazil, but uh, he was on Zoom at the uh, press conference this morning and indeed uh, the press briefing that went out from the uh, PR company said, on behalf of Louis Hoffman, Philip Fettis, Corey McMahon and John Coulter, a group representative of abuse victims, you're invited to attend the joint news briefing with the provincial of the Spiritans, Father Martin Kelly. Now, uh, I, Philip, I said it directly to... Um, Corey and indeed uh, uh, Louis today, I thought they were extraordinarily brave coming forward. It's one thing to do it in private, it's another thing to do it in radio where you have some some amount of anonymity uh, preserved and uh, but it's to actually go in front of a camera and tell your story. In their case they were abused by Corey and Flood. Um, Philip, I know you were there and I know you, you I presume you were willing to tell your, your story Um can I ask you straight, Philip, who were you abused by in Black Rock? Joe, um, you know, I'd, I'd much rather talk about the restorative justice process, to be honest with you. I know mm. that um, obviously there's a, that, that, that is part of the conversation you want to have, but I've heard Mark Vincent there talking about the restorative justice mm. process and people talking about the inquiry. And you know, we've we've heard the horror stories. What you know, what I'd much rather talk about is from our angle how we can look at the future. As Tim said today in the press conference, it's all about what we do next rather than what we did in the past. But just to, just so to, for, just to confirm, you were abused. I was okay. Not everyone at that table was abused, thankfully. Yes. I presume. So just that's all I'm trying to clarify. So tell us how the restorative justice process worked, Philip. 
Well, from from our perspective, I hear absolutely what Mark Vincent and your other guests there are saying. But from our perspective, we can't resolve all the problems of the world. Mm -hmm. What we we are purely trying to do is help our colleagues to put a call out to all the people who were in our schools who who we knew who were abused, who we we saw and we were aware of that was happening. And so within the confines of what we're capable of achieving, we've set up a restorative justice. And as John said in the press conference, it's not going to cure every mm-hmm. every sin that's happened in the past. It can't cure anything in the future, or it can cure in the future. You know, you've, you've got to bear in mind that there are still allegations out there. There are still reports of abuse by people who are alive, for a start. So that from what Mark Vincent is saying there about they can't be, be confronted, of course they can. And also, um, but obviously dead people can't be interviewed. But the, the next best thing that can be offered is a face-to-face. And people who have in, got engaged in the restorative justice process to date have found it very helpful mm-hmm. to be able to talk to the representatives of, of the spiritans. So it may not be ideal, but it's the best that we have to offer. Okay, Mark, Vincent, Phil. It is something we have to offer and Michael, can be Michael, in parallel, Michael. but it should not under any circumstances be the only thing. I'm not opposing um, Joe and talking about, you know, Philip, Michael there. I am not opposing what are the benefits of restorative justice. The only thing is that restorative justice to me, and by its definition, is actually in a therapeutic framework. It's clearly that's where it's formed. Uh, Marie Kane did a whole... um, um, Hello? Marie Keenan, yeah. 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 She, did, she did the great work on what was restorative justice and how that program could be rolled out mm-hmm. for survivors of abuse. Again, it is within a te- therapeutic framework. Accountability is a different matter. Accountability actually deals with the issues which we're trying to sort of like address, which is the concealment, connivance and cover-up. What was the... What was the... But what about... What, 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 Mark, what about Philip's point is... Like... Will, will will we ever be able to answer on those questions? Well, I. How far I think, how far can you get? Well, again, this is for sort of like a different one from personal sort of like uh, counselling and counsel benefit from a restorative justice process is one of an inquiry which actually does get to those. And how does it get there? By actually offering up confidential space as well. That's not like restorative justice. Because the, the confidential space of restorative justice is a vault. The information that's discussed there must remain confidential. It cannot be discussed outside of the therapeutic bounds of those mm-hmm. encounters with the spiritans. Where I'm talking about inquiry doesn't allow that to happen, which is where Michael's coming from. It has to have impetus. It has to have meaning. You can't have it just sort of like people uh, okay. are still in their guts, eviscerated by their past experiences, and then sort of like just left. Why? Because, if, sorry, that's all confidential. And what we say back to you is all confidential. You can't take it anywhere. The inquiry is but different. We know, but in fairness, Philip, is a, is a, I think it is fair to say, Philip, uh, have, you, have, have, have you gone through the restorative process? Just before, so I presume it's it's fair to say that the apology offered is very similar to begin with. I'm sure the conversation involved is very similar to the the apology we just heard. Because Mark Mark uh, Kelly was not your abuser, your abuser Martin Kelly was not your abuser. Your abuser is long dead. Yeah, and Joe, from, from my perspective, it wasn't. I didn't ask to meet Martin Kelly. I didn't okay. ask to get an apology. And again, that's part of the flexibility that the restorative justice process okay. has offers. So the things that I, off, I asked for was to have collective meetings, that within those collective meetings that we could, as a group, decide on what we collectively wanted to do. And, and we discussed at great length having investigations. We just discussed at mm. great length as to how we would, how financial redress could be um, dealt with. Mm-hmm. We discussed at great length the struggles that people have gone through. Some of our colleagues who have gone through years and years and years of legal battles to try and get some form of um, redress and compensation in this. And they've been re-abused and re-abused and have got no satisfaction and absolutely no healing from it. And through that, it has just reinforced our belief that it is through the conversations with the resource justice process that people can get healing, that 
Just compensation has not healed anybody. It hasn't given anybody any healing whatsoever. It's made people more angry. However, it has to be part of the restorative justice process, as does an investigation as well. We recognise that. But, you know, we're not setting out here, as John said today, it's not a one-stop shop. What we're setting out here is to try and heal people as best we can to help people to to confront their past. But you mentioned the legal obstacles. The legal obstacles were put up by the people who who were paying for the restorative justice programme the spirit we, they, were the we legal, reckon, they were the legal obstacle we recognise they were that. paying, they, we were paying they paid for for O'Born to go to the Supreme Court Joe we recognise that and we've confronted them with them and you heard them there to say today that that's not the route they take and it's horrendous that that's the route that they've taken well there was the a case mentioned today by Patsy McGarry of the Irish Times which she's aware of it was a route they, they've taken with one individual from Kenya up to quite recently yeah, no, I, I accept that. And it's wrong. And it's absolutely wrong. And that's what, But it's only through dialoguing with them that we can start bringing those things and bringing them along with us. And that's what we've been doing for the past two years, is to try and make them understand that what they are doing is wrong. And you can see that they have moved a long way from the position that the church has been in the past. And does anyone, the thing that struck me about the press conference, Philip, and I know I don't know what your signal was like, you were, you were there in, in Zoom, if not in spirit, so to speak, but the, the, no, no one once mentioned that we were talking about crimes and criminals. Yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't mentioned, Joe, it's never the, mentioned. The, the, first, the, the first step when Louis and I got involved in this, the first step we did was yeah. contact the police. Okay. And unfortunately, within, and we encourage everybody who is coming forward to us to contact the police. And we got great help from, from Garda Kilpatrick up in Dundrum Garda Station. Yeah. But as she explained to us, the majority of abusers were dead. Mm-hmm. The histories, books were, you know, there'd been fires in various different schools. There wasn't a lot of information. You know, so again, that's the reality of the world that we live in. In an ideal world that Mark Vincent is talking about there, we'd be able to, to do different things, but if we're living in the reality of what we're at now. What we're trying to do for the first time is trying to help the people who've been living for 30, 40, 50 years with what happened to them in childhood. But is there a danger, Philip, that this could um, split the survivors? Of course. One, one group one group want to want an inquiry and another group are part of this, are calling for this um, restorative justice program which would be an awful thing to happen yeah Joe it's not as though one is in conflict with the other we've, you know we have discussed among ourselves and we've discussed with the spiritans about inquiries and about redress and about setting up bursaries you know we're fully conscious of that and we're aware that there would be some groups, some people who just wanted an apology, some people who just mm-hmm. wanted to talk to people, some people who, who want compensation. And, you know, that there is room within the restorative justice process for everybody. No, there isn't. It's not true. No. It's a matter of restorative justice is as it is set up, and he really does need to do his homework on this. Restorative justice is a process by which there is supposed to be therapeutic support and healing for someone to finally come forward and face off their abuser. This instance, the abusers are dead, so that option is actually lost to anyone engaged in restorative justice. Second up, if they are getting meetings to talk directly then with those who are responsible for the collusion, concealment and cover-up, then fine, that's actually going to be additionally therapeutic. But the thing is, everything that happens in those uh, meetings in restorative justice are confidential, and you sign away any uh, ob- obligation to be able to sort of like discuss anything that's given rise to in those meetings. So you might be, let's say, given disclosures by Martin Kelly if we're just sticking with the Spiritans, mm-hmm. and he reveals certain information about your abuser, past, the circumstances, etc. You cannot use that. You've signed a disclosure to vault it. It cannot be discussed. And that's the difference between that process, which I think is extremely beneficial, and I've told Philip this and, and all of that group in BlackRock, yeah. that the therapeutic benefit of restorative justice is only one thing. And even that was uh, conceded as well today by Tim Chapman. He said, no, this is only but one process. It's not the only process. I've not opposed Mark, one or other. Like, Mark. I'm not standing in opposition. I'm saying that sort of like restorative justice, very good, very well. It's a therapeutic uh, uh, channel. 
But if we're talking about accountability and you can talk about it, it's not going to be locked away in a vault, then that's where an inquiry comes in. And the inquiry is actually much bigger than Philip is actually indicating. The inquiry is to extend to all schools, not just the spiritual schools. The inquiries, and everyone's noting this already, the politicians are talking about it, the Taoiseach's talking about it, as to whether to allow and permit an inquiry into the level and scale of abuse in our primary and post-primary schools, of which Black Rock is one, but it's the origin point for this debate. And we need to sort of like build on that to actually sort of like deal with this as a national scourge that it was on children's lives throughout the educational system that was not dealt with by one of your earlier callers, by the way, referring to the Ryan Report and others. They did not include day schools. The Ryan Report dealt with only um, residential institutions and redress uh, and um, residential institutions yeah. and industrial schools. It did not deal with the lion's share of abuse that took place by the religious in Ireland in our day schools, primary and secondary, public and private. That's what we're calling for the inquiry for. It's much bigger. It has to be done. There has to be an account given to the Irish people, to the families that have been affected, um, and, and where this has led in, in the tragic loss of life that is associated in this space. The restorative justice is good for its therapeutic benefit, but it is not the answer nor the, anywhere near the solution of what's required for the scale of criminality that took place in Ireland. And that needs to be addressed. And that's what I'm calling mm-hmm. for. And that was actually supported this morning by the BlackRock Action Group uh, uh, campaign looking for uh, justice. Okay. They agreed that an independent inquiry should be held. When we asked as well, did the uh, provincial agree and support calls for an independent inquiry? He said yes. So no one's actually opposing this. They're actually saying well, yes. What we asked for was an investigation, which was where the terms were determined by the victims. And also, I'd just like to call you back to a previous comment you made there. For you're defining the theoretical definition of what restorative justice is, I'm talking about the practical application that I've lived through. So I can tell you that the terms of reference within restorative justice, as it has worked for the last 12 or 18 months, are that there is room for discussion about investigations and for for recompense and um, whatever else that victims no, bring to the I table. To okay, okay I need, I need to take, I need, to stay there, Mark, I need to take a quick break. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. At the press conference this morning, I asked... Uh, uh, Mark uh, Kelly, the provincial of um, uh, the Spiritans in Ireland, um, about the um, we have submitted names to the Spiritans in the last week that we have had calls about um, multiple calls about some individuals, and up to last Friday, I don't know what happened on Friday, but up to last Friday, um, the Spiritans were if we gave them a name. Uh, they well, not we. It's, if survivors gave them names, this, because we are not we are not allowed to name them until we um until we get the spirits to verify them. Which anyway, the, the, that's the way things are. And um, up to last Friday, they were coming back. As I mentioned this, in fairness to them, I think on on Thursday it was they were coming back with great speed, saying yes, that person is uh, one of the people we're talking about. Yes, that person is. And then from uh, last Friday, we start getting other names, uh, which we submitted to uh, the spiritans, and they now have said quite categorically they have finished that process of contact with Liveline in um, verifying or otherwise. Uh, the 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 we don't want to, we want to verify before we actually name the people. But in a lot of the cases, by the way, just to be clear, this is not people picking names out of the air of a, out of a, a yearbook. These are people who've shown us letters that they've got from the Spiritans apologising. And these are people showing us letters about compensation they've got from the Spiritans. But we just wanted to take uh, that extra step. And it also emerged that four of the people um, of the 70, 77 are still alive. And uh, we had put five, sorry, six new names to them. I actually handed them to Martin Kelly again today because we gave to them last Friday and asked them, are, where are these six people? And um, he said he would not 
um, he, he would not reveal uh, not reveal their names it was up to RTE to reveal their names or the victims if they wish but he did say that one of them who's uh, remember these are allegations there is no um, there is no natural justice must prevail these people are innocent until proven uh, otherwise but he did reveal that one of the individuals who's extraordinary, extraordinarily old and infirm he said and Im- immobile doesn't have mobility and is not near children but one of those individuals who has an allegation made against him in the last nine days uh, since this controversy we know the name of this person um, but one of these uh, names submitted um is still living on the grounds of Black Rock College, and uh, Martin made the point that he will. They will take guidance from Tusla and the Gardaí. But just to point out, that person is completely and totally uh, innocent um, until a due process uh, takes place, and that that is a completely different forum. But this is part of the exchange uh, between myself and the provincial at the press conference, because the only time I've I've had uh, this time I've got to speak to him um, about the, the naming if they wish to cooperate what about the naming of the 77 that they now accept are uh, abusers this is the exchange part of Hi uh, Joe Duffy uh, RTE uh, present Lightline um, first of all the courage of the two uh, men here is exceptional it's one thing saying things in private it's another thing saying that on radio where you cannot be seen, but it's a different thing to come forward in front of television cameras and tell your story. So your courage is incredible, and I hope you find peace through this process. Uh, Martin, um, in the last nine days on RTE, beginning with that documentary on one, where one, one person was, made, uh, was named Aloe Flood as an abuser, Allo, I use the word Allo because that's what he's referred to in the Spirit and uh, yearbook, yearbook at the time where he's eulogised. Uh, since then, a live line, uh, up to including yesterday, has uh, broadcast 26, 26 survivors, victims, in a very, in a very short time. 26. Uh, a number of them have named, again and again, the likes of Corrie, how we got away with it is a question you have to ask. How so many of them got away with it is a question that has to be answered. But the question I want to ask specifically is, up to last week when we were receiving multiple allegations about individuals, different individuals, we put them to the spiritans, and the spiritans were saying, A or nay, this person is one of the 77, as they now are. We now have a four to five, which we put to you, uh, we have multiple accusers for those other five people, including two lay teachers. Is it the intention of the spiritists to confirm or deny those five names to start with? Uh, uh, the answer is no. Why for various, not? For various reasons. Uh, I would like to begin, first of all, by saying that all people who have been accused, who have reported them to the Gardaí and to Tusla, even after, if they were accused after they had died, Secondly, not all people who were accused, who were abused, want their abuser named. Thirdly, we have some, we have had cases of mistaken identity, very definite cases of mistaken identity, which is also possible with the people who have died. And they cannot defend themselves. The person who was accused when he was alive or when they are alive. So how do you know they're 77 if they can't defend themselves? If most of them are dead? That's what you're saying. No, we've had 77 people whom people have reported to us, they, that they were 77 spiritans, people have reported to us that they were abused by these 77. And that's the question. That's, we are, clear. We, that's the question I'm asking. We have five more names. Yeah, okay. But Why uh, won't you tell us if they are no, of the no, 77? Uh, uh, you can give them to us or you can give we them gave, to I gave RTE. them to you. Here, have yeah, them here. Okay, yeah. okay. Here. I, and we sent them to you last Friday. Sorry. No, uh, can I, can, can I finish? Yeah, thank uh, you. There are, no, I don't mean yeah. to be dramatic, but the, this, and I, by the way, and every one of the survivors on Liveline who've been on Liveline in the last uh, nine days, every single one of them called, without exception, for a public, an independent public inquiry. Not one of them, no matter where they were in the world or how 
different their professions were. Not one of them came up with restorative justice. Not one of them. Do you support a call for an independent inquiry, given that Philip has pointed out that in a sample, and it is a sample, and I think Philip would admit it's not a scientific sample, but he's come up with 21%, 20, nearly one quarter. At least, if, if you look at the, if you remember the nature of the, the upset that people have when they're coming forward, at least 21% were abused. That is a national scandal. That is a public inquiry. That's not restorative justice. There is, I'm asking a question. Do you, I've asked a question. Yeah, well, don't worry, Parik. And the I, answer is yes. Yeah, you, you will support a public yes. inquiry. Will you confirm, uh, if we give you more names, will you confirm they are part of the 77? No, the answer to that is no. Will I, you name the 77? No, the answer, the, the names are all with the guards. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the uh, sorry. No, it, it is not the intention of the Spiritans to put into the public arena any of the names that we have. Obviously, victims uh, are free to put it in if they want to. One of the reasons Which that you, we yeah. will not, one of the reasons that we will not put the names into the public arena is that th there, are, there are names that we have that we cannot put into the public arena because they may be under, they are, are or may be under investigation by the Gardaí. So we, if we put those names into the public arena, we would jeopardize That's two possibly the four out of 77. Two the possibly four. The, the second point is, there are victims who do not want the person that abused them punished further. When, when the Jesuit case came into the public arena, I had a number of phone calls at that time, some asking that we would put into the public arena uh, the spiritans that we knew who had abused. But we also got phone calls from victims who said, we do not want the name of the person who, whom we have uh, that abused me put into public arena. Of course, arena. that's totally now, understandable. If, yeah. we, if we put into the public arena some names and withhold others... Which you have. Then, no, we haven't. You did last week. You confirmed no. names to us. They, you did. Those, those names were... No, I'm, I'm entitled to ask questions, Parik. You know, this is the first opportunity. No. He's finished, finished repeating himself. We did, we did For, not... We did not put into the public arena names for the first time. You put them into the public arena. You confirmed our, them. Our, our, our victims in. So then they were in the public arena at that stage. But we will not put into the public arena names that are not already there. The names that uh, the Spiritans confirmed last week to us um, when we put it to them, that are uh, of the 77, where Father Aloysius Flood, Father Senan Corey, Father Gerard Hannan, those names were not in the, in the, uh, mentioned uh, anywhere outside Liveline last week. Uh, Edward Baylor, again, was mentioned by a number of people. Tom O'Bourne was mentioned again. There was a, non, a number of unnamed perpetrators, unnamed lay teachers, which we couldn't, we, we couldn't uh, name at that stage. And they are the names we put forward. So on the one hand, the the spiritists did confirm names to us before we used them and now they're saying well that's for some reason that's finished and they will not be naming any more they will not be confirming any more names Edward Harron how important for you was it to hear Senan Curry's name in the public domain for the first time who was your abuser well, yeah it's very important Joe um, because for me you know my whole life changed me in the office when nobody believed me and uh, most people would have just thought you know this 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 child is out of control so when I see Father Curry now out there I feel vindicated mm. in some way you know that that I had told the truth uh, and I need people to know that's why I've spoken on these, because I need other people to know about it within yeah. the school. I also need them to come out uh, and talk. I am, as you say, very much into an independent inquiry, the restorative justice, and that, as I say, 
is fine yeah. for people that may work for and some Corrie's, and may not work and, for and others. In fairness, Edward, Corrie's name was mentioned again today on a number of occasions. Yes. Uh, Louis, Louis Hoffman told uh, a very difficult but a very moving story uh, of yes. how... He was, um, I think they were at a concert in the school. He was messing as everyone does. And um, um, Corey called him out and brought him up to his room and uh, 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 acted inappropriately, to say to say the least, to him. Um, but, yeah. but Louis also said that he brought this up at the school, I think, eight or nine years ago and he didn't get anywhere. Now, now, right. now he is now. Yeah. He is now. This is the first time in years, as I say, and they have had 50 years, as far as I'm concerned, to come out and say this. And nobody has, has come out. You know, not one of them. Nobody in the spirit. Now, I can tell you, for one, that I know a priest. He's dead now, God love him. He was a Holy Ghost father. But he had to leave the Holy Ghost fathers because of the abuse that was going on in there. But they had him blacklisted because... He wanted to do something about it. But that's, you know, as I say, it was hidden then. It's, it was hidden back when, when we were abused. And as far as I'm concerned, it could still be hidden now. Okay. Um, Curry, to me, was a beast, Joe. I just, I just, you know, when I see his face... And how did picture, he, like, I'm looking at the list here yeah. of the 26 uh, survivors we've had on the programme in various yeah. shapes or forms. Uh, Tuesday, Corrie was mentioned. Uh, he was mentioned the next day by a different caller. He was mentioned two days later yeah. by a oh, different yeah. caller. There's Corrie's yeah. name again. There's Corrie's yeah. name again. Dermot Flynn, Finbar. There's Corrie's yeah. name again, Kieran. There's Corrie's name again, Owen. Yeah. There's Corrie's name again this morning yeah. uh, from uh, from Louis and uh, the the uh, other survivor. Uh, again, spoke extraordinarily movingly. Uh, Corrie McMahon, who you heard on the one o'clock news. Uh, I did. But was Corrie, is Corrie's name... How was he getting away with it? It's, look, that's what, uh, to be honest with you, as part of this, I suggested the only thing that would have stopped them at the time, Joe, uh, which were, we didn't have available, was CCTV in all the classrooms. That was the only way, because that man had a free hand. All of them did. They had a free hand. They had a little... They were like guys in a, in a, in a candy store. Do you know what I mean? And they were just left there to, to raid it. And that's what they did. They took children in, they took money on the false pretenses, and then they abused them. And then they stood there in front of their parents, as I now know, I wasn't the only one, there were plenty of other parents that went in, and they denied it. And they kept denying it, over, over decades probably. So yes, I mean, again, that answers the question, did, did, they, each, did they collude, did they know? They definitely did. And at this stage, after your programme and that, you know, it should be very clear to people that there has been a huge collusion and it didn't just go on over a few years, it went on over decades. OK, back after this break, joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. John Coulter was also at the table this morning um, in uh, the RDS for that press conference. John, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, John. Uh, John, sorry, I was, I apologise, I was under the impression that three out of the four participants this morning, uh, Corrie, uh, Corrie McMahon, uh, Louis and Philip, had been abused. But you, uh, unfortunately, you, you were abused as well. Joe, we were asked to direct a question, were all you four abused? And we said yes. So okay. I don't know where you got the three well, I had to leave, Well, I had to leave early. Sorry, I correct that now. So all four of you were abused. Are you prepared to name your abuser? Well, it's, it's Corey, Father Curry and Father Flood, which okay. are the names that you've had. But, but Joe, as you, because you left, you also didn't hear us say that actually... Well, I had to leave. This, this, is, this is not about... This is not about us or our abuse. This is about putting in place something where as many people as possible can come forward to talk about their abuse. And so that's what we really wanted to focus on today rather than focusing on on our stories. Corrie and Louis shared theirs with you in order to give you a sense of how we got there. So tell tell us what restorative justice has meant for you, John. Um, I guess it starts... Joe, with um, with you being able to open up on something that's 
perhaps been buried for 40, 50 years. Um, and that you, you, you hide away and it's a, it's a secret mm-hmm. and you don't think of it and you, you don't know its impact or effect on you. But, um, but, but it, it starts with you being able to be heard, um, be acknowledged, um, and then, you know, potentially you might receive an apology or you might go on to counseling or you might, yeah. um, you might pursue compensation. Um, but I, I guess, I guess what, what, what maybe one, one point you just, you, you made a, a minute ago with, when you were talking to Edward Heron, um, about why, how did people get away with it? How did they mm-hmm. not be found out? And I, and I think the, the, the critical thing in, unfortunately in those days, a little boy saying he was abused wouldn't have been believed, and and we've got we have a, a a lot of instances where exactly that happened. It was reported uh, either to the school or to parents, and mm-hmm. and the, the 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 boy the boy wasn't believed, or or be, because of the power of the institutions of the schools of the church, people, parents, uh, for an example trusted that, that those little boys were being looked after. It never occurred to them that this would happen. So, so that's exactly why, if we can start with a restorative justice process, that it starts, number one, with, with you being believed. That's mm-hmm. a huge step. Um, and I do, need to, I do need to correct a couple of things that Mark Vincent Healy um, has said. One is, 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 is there, there is nothing stopping a public inquiry sitting alongside a restorative justice program. The restorative justice program is a personal mm. journey that somebody can take to try and help themselves deal with the trauma that's occurred in the past, um, begin to come to terms with it, and hopefully start some healing. And and out of that, we expect there to be uh, demands or requests from, from the people who engage in that program. And I'm absolutely certain because we've already had it, is that lots of the people who go through that, including me, would would want uh, we want we want we want to know what happened. We, so we want it investigated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not I'm not qualified to say whether a public inquiry is the right thing or, or not. Um, the, the second, the, the couple of other things. You you said that Father Curry took Louis to his room. He didn't. He took okay. Louis to an audiovisual room. Okay, but, okay, but Joe, okay. Joe, Joe, detail is important. Okay, well then clarify that detail then. Thank you, thank you. And last, last thing is Mark Vincent Healy said that if you participate in the restorative justice program, you have to sign confidentiality agreements and you can never reveal what you said. And that, that is not true. That is absolutely not true. There, is, there has been mm-hmm. no, no restrictions or... Um, or, or, or uh, uh, structure like that, NDAs or confidentiality agreements, requests of anybody. Uh, you're free to do with with your information what you want post the, the okay. start of justice. And did so, you? Well, I think Mark's main, in fairness to Mark, Mark's main point is that. And it was my experience of the, the limited knowledge I had of restorative justice because I was only starting when I was a probation officer. That that the, the whole thing about restorative justice is the victim uh, confronting or meeting. The perpetrator, and that's Absolutely. not possible, obviously. Absolutely. It's so did you? So did you? Possible. Did you learn no. anything new? Absolutely. I, I, you, you, you're able to share something with people that are that are that are representing the perpetrators. That's the best we can do, and and that is part of restorative justice. We we asked the experts this, can you have a restorative justice program where the perpetrators are dead? And they said, yes, it, it, is, it is entirely uh, normal uh, if, if the circumstances demand for a representative mm-hmm. of that dead person to stand in their place. And it, it may not provide everything that, the, that, that if the perpetrator was there, but it is helpful. And, you know, a lot of the people that have been on your show that have called for public inquiries, called for investigations, um, uh, and talked about their abuse, quite a number of them have actually experienced this mm-hmm. restorative justice process, and they have found it helpful. Um, so so I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit bemused by Marx, who, who, by the way, I think is a, a, a hero in, in, in how he's gone about this. He's made, he has made, trying to bring this to this, 
horrible issue to light, a life's issue, a life's work. And he should be commended for that. But, but I, I, I don't understand why he can't see that what we're offering is something where people can try and help themselves, help deal with the trauma that occurred in the past, um, and let there be a public inquiry if that's what the victims want. Um, and if that's what society deems is required. But the two things aren't mutually exclusive. Michael is still there. Michael, what's your take on it at this stage? Is there, I come back to, is there a danger that, um, well, there, there can't, I presume there can't ever be one group speaking on behalf of victims or survivors because it's it's too too long ago at this stage. Um, is, is there a danger now that the, that, the victims will will take two different paths. I, I hope not. And and to, to respond to maybe what John said, um, I think the two things can run in parallel. Restorative justice, from what I heard on your show today, can offer um, victims support going forward and mm. telling their story. I do think they have to happen in parallel. Um, I go back to my own personal experience. I tried to confront and speak to the spirit and prior to a formal restorative justice program, I came up with that document I shared with you, Joe, and recommendations. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to them several times, um, but was stonewalled and got absolutely nowhere. So I, maybe there has been a change in the way they deal with people. Um, but, I mean, I think they've been dragged kicking and screaming to this table. And okay, I really okay. Well, look, can I, I'm, I'm running out of time, but can I ask you directly, uh, Michael, uh, what, does, what the Spiritans will offer, and they are offering is, and even though they've nothing to do with it, the current leadership, absolutely nothing, they will offer an apology on behalf of the author. Now, is an apology adequate or is accountability uh, demanded? Accountability is demanded. Both. I think they need to apologise. They've done. Well, they are apologising. They They're apologising left, right, and centre. They're grand. They are apologising. In fairness, it doesn't That's feel genuine. And but accountability oh. is absolutely essential. Okay. After this break, talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715. Uh, Des O'Neill is in the UK but was in Blackrock College. Uh, Des, you're, but I don't know how much of the programme you heard because I know you're, I think you're in an airport or nearby. Um, what do you think of this new uh, aspect that's emerged today? The Spiritans are, are funding a restorative justice programme. Well, I think that's fine. Um, I think they should. Um, um, absolutely. Okay. Um, but I also think that there should definitely be a public inquiry. I think that um, apology is great. Um, they're urging people to come forward. That's great. But where does it all go? And I think that's really what we need to be focusing on now. Where, where's, where's it all going to go? And I think a public inquiry is definitely a very clear but way. What, que- what questions, Des, and I know you were 11 or 12 when you were abused by uh, O'Bourne, uh, what questions would you like answered or even put. I don't know whether there can be answers. Well, I think um, I think that a couple of key things. I think the, just if we look back at how this has been dealt with before, um, the the way the Spiritans dealt with the case against Father O'Byrne, um, you know, is there a, a moral responsibility for supporting the criminal actions of of uh, one of their priests? Um, and also the whole issue of, of the Supreme Court ruling that Father O'Byrne should not be prosecuted. I think they are key issues that should be looked at besides the mm-hmm. horrific experiences that so many people encountered. So I think I think there's a, there's a bigger issue here. You know, we, we, we went through all this back in 1995 on the Gay Byrne Show uh, years ago, you know, with pedophile priests when it mm-hmm. all started coming out. And here we are, something's wrong, we're missing something, and it really needs to move forward. And if, if, in my view, I, I think the Blackrock College Past Pupils Union should take a lead to represent all of their students and should really adopt a policy to champion, to take a lead, to champion a public inquiry. And, uh, yeah, and but, they yeah. should... Go on, yeah. Do you think everyone will agree to that? Because I don't hear that. Well, well, I mean, 
everyone's not going to agree to everything, mm-hmm. but I mean, just listening to your show the last week, there were a number of people who who called for it. Um, are there people saying no? Absolutely not. Totally not in our interests. I think most people are calling for it, and I think that's that's the way forward. Okay. That's one way forward. Okay. Back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Mark Vincent Healy, John Coulter made the point there that you're wrong in saying that you cannot talk about the restorative justice process afterwards. Um, well, look, I can only tell you from my reading and studying the people like Mary Kane who did uh, a major impact on this and the fact that you have experience in the criminal justice system and prisons. The uh, restorative justice was brought in to try rehabilitate prisoners so that they could actually be confronted good, by their point, abuse yeah, so yeah, they could be yeah. rehabilitated. So recidivism would be reduced. So there was very much, and that had to be only conducted between those actually who had, who had achieved a criminal conviction. So in other words, you didn't have this open to non-criminal conviction uh, space. So this is a departure, and if there's been any change in what I have mm-hmm. certainly read and understood restorative justice to be, I'll bow my head and say, fine. But I've also said restorative justice has always been set up though, for, the, for the victims as a means of uh, helping them psychologically. It's a therapeutic offer. And for the perpetrator to show remorse. Correct. Yes, exactly. You're de- that's exactly what we're dealing with when we're talking about that process. It was the objective of it. And we to look at what that objective was. I totally agree that there are benefits. Okay. Otherwise, you know... We okay, last, we la- last, last word to you, John Coulter. Mark, that you're, you're quite right. It does have therapeutic value. But interestingly... The, the person who's given us a huge amount of advice and help uh, on this process is exactly the Mary Keenan that you've just referred to. So please, you know, b- before you start shooting something down, um, why don't you come and try it? You, you, haven't, you, you haven't engaged with it. You, you jump to a whole load of conclusions. And we're not saying it's the be-all and end-all. We're not saying it's the solution that will magic this away. We're saying it is something that we are trying to reach as many people as possible who were abused to come forward and actually start the process of being heard. That's what we're trying. Okay, okay. Thanks indeed to all our callers. Lisa Marie Berry, producer. Ray Darcy, thanks. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.